Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, as we do every day live. And I'm glad some, even from out in the West, are able to join us this early morning hour. And others watch later in the day, and that's fine. And others listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. We're just glad you're along because we want to be everyday Christians, not once a week, once a year, or when we feel like it, Christians. We want to get the Word of God in our lives every single day. So glad to have you along today as we've been talking about a Christian and finances and our money, and we've been trying to talk about some common sense, godly ideas about how to avoid financial catastrophe and in time build wealth to, in, to, to have and share with our family and to take care of those in our responsibility. I do believe that we have lived in a time of abundance, and I think we have some difficult financial times ahead of us. And so it's important that we've got to be wiser, got to be sharper. As I've shared here with myself before, Roz and I, you know, we have five kids, and I've been a single-income family our entire 44-plus uh, years of marriage. And so we've had to learn some principles and get along. Some of the things we talk about here, maybe you have a lot more money and they're not as relevant to you, although I do believe don't write them off altogether. But particularly for some that are living month to month, paycheck to paycheck, trying to keep their head above water, these principles can really help you. And, and if you're starting out in life or no matter if you've been around a while, I hope that these things can help you develop some strength and where money is not a constant worry and pressure in your life. So the four we've talked about so far, the three we've talked about, and we'll do the fourth today, live on last year's level of income, not next year's. We talked about the importance of staying out of debt, not presuming on the future, not assuming you know you're going to get a raise or make more money next year, or your house is going to go up in value or things of this nature. You just don't know. Stay married to the same person. Divorce is expensive. And somehow when people stay together in a marriage and they're, they're Finances are one together and they are a team. They just tend to do better. That's important. Expect the unexpected. Cars do break down. People do have health crises. Uh, black swan events in the economy, terrorist events, wars, famines, natural disasters. Things happen that if we are unprepared for them, they can wipe us out financially if we have some cushion and preparation and we realize we live in a fallen world and things will go wrong. And so we prepare ourselves. And so these are the things we've looked at the last three days. Today, I want to talk about drive a car for the sake of transportation. Well, that's a simple rule, isn't it? Drive a car for the sake of transportation. Why else would you drive a car? You might ask. Isn't the purpose of a car to get from here to there? Well, if you look at the advertising on TV, rarely is that, what's that, is that what they're advertising. Rarely is that what they're selling. As a matter of fact, there's some very, very smart people out there, very smart people, who make a lot of money selling us things. And what they're selling, and when it comes to transportation, they're selling experience. They're selling status. They're selling, they're selling that this is a way you can impress others. And this is the point maybe of this point. It's not just getting on those who, I'm not just addressing those who, who um, drive a car, although we all do drive cars, and it's a significant portion of our budget how we're going to have transportation. But the point being, a, a deeper point here, 
is why do you buy things? Why do you buy things? Scripture says, Proverbs, which is a great book, by the way, on, on good financial sense. There's one who pretends to be rich, but he has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but he has great wealth. Solomon, who wrote this, he saw through people. He saw there are people who are quite wealthy, and they, and, and they live a certain way. And sometimes they hide their wealth. It's interesting, there's a book written here in, in America a number of years ago called uh, The Millionaire Next Door, talking about how a lot of wealthy people, you wouldn't know it if you saw them. You wouldn't know them if you look at some of the ways they live, some of their lifestyle. They were simply mid, lived a middle-class lifestyle. But there's others who <clears throat> pretend to be rich, and they do. They drive a really fancy car, they wear fancy jewelry, they wear fancy clothes, they live in a fancy house, and they're under incredible stress, incredible stress to pay the bills, to keep up with things, because they're putting on a show, they're pretending, they're being something they're not. Now, can I add a quick caveat right here? I'm not saying what I say today for you to judge other people. I'm not saying for you to look and, you know, that, that you don't have some of the things others have, and so you kind of hold your nose up and say, well, I'm, I'm uh, at least living within my means, because you don't know with them. You don't know how much of what they have is, is a financial stress. Maybe they make a lot of money, and maybe some of the things they have is not a, a major, maybe it's not a significant expense in their budget. Maybe they're able to actually not just afford the payments, but afford the, what they're buying. So I'm not saying this to judge other people. There's certainly a place where a person makes plenty of income that they can enjoy use some of what they've made in some of the things they have. Don't judge others. But here's what you don't want to do. Don't feel you have to keep up with them. Don't feel you have to compare yourself with them. Don't feel that, you, that if you don't have some of the things they have, if you don't drive what they drive, dress the way they dress, live where they live, that somehow you're insignificant, unimportant, and so forth. This is where people get in trouble, trying to keep up with others. And sometimes we don't even like those people. You know, Dave Ramsey had a famous quote, We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. But that's true. There's a lot of people living like that, buying stuff. They don't need it with money. They don't have it. They're just borrowing it and, and putting them under the chain of debt to impress people they don't like anyway. We want to be careful that we don't do that. Whatever we have, we've got to be on guard that our goal is not to impress people. You know, Jesus talked a lot in John 5, verse 44. I don't have the verse up on the screen, but Jesus said, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? This is an interesting comment Jesus made. In our lives, somewhere along the line, we've got to decide who do we want to please? Whose servant are we? Is our goal in life to be well thought of by other people? Is our goal in life to be the slave of other people's opinions? Is our goal in life to impress other people? 
Well, that comes when we have a deep insecurity in our lives. That comes when we're not confident in who we are, not confident that we're loved, that we measure up, that we're important, that we're valuable. And so we think that by the things that we that others see, they will think more highly of us. Can I be, be honest with you? It rarely really happens that way. I mean, when you see a nice car driving down the road, do you, you look at the car. Do you, re- you rarely look at the person driving it, don't, do you? You're impressed by the car. Are you impressed by the person? You don't even know. You know, personally, I'm not. Or some of these other things. We got to be careful that we don't become the slave of the opinion of others. But as Christians, our desire is to be pleasing to the Lord. Our goal is to be, we want to impress Him. We want to seek the glory that comes from Him. We want, to be, we want Him to notice, it, notice us. It comes as we realize we're loved by Him. And as we have that security in God, we don't have to impress other people. And the problem is, when we live that way, we can become so indebted that just meaning our responsibilities, just paying the bills, can strangle our lives, can become, we can become a slave to our debt, a slave to our lenders. We don't have time to do the things God calls us to do. We don't have time. We don't have the availability. This can be such a trap. We used to call it keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the person next door. But now, due to television and advertising, you don't just keep up with the person next door. We're, we're manipulated into keeping up with the rich and famous in other neighborhoods, in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world. And, and there is a desire to draw us out within us that, boy, if I just had this, if I drove that, if I wore this, if I had this on my wrist or this around my neck, or if I lived here, I'd be secure and people would think well of me. It's not that easy. It doesn't really happen. In the long run, what people admire and respect is character, discipline, love, kindness, goodness. This is what people, the, the, to look at the, 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 the material things, it's fleeting. It's only last a moment. People might be impressed with you on a first impression, but it's the character, it's the quality of your life that really makes a difference and causes people to notice you and to even want to respect and admire you. Now, how do you overcome this whole thing? And the answer is this. Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. We brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Contentment And I like the term, actually, godly contentment. Contentment alone just means I'm okay with everything I have, and I don't care. I'm not going to compare myself with others. It's okay if I don't have much. But godly contentment, what that does, it says, I have what's important. I have a relationship with God. I'm loved by God. I, I, I have a relationship with other people of faith, people that I respect and they respect me, not because of what I own, but because of who I am in Christ. 
Godly contentment takes the focus off the flashy and the visual and the material and places our value in life on, on what God says matters, the treasures in heaven, the godly character. I'm being like Jesus Christ. Sometimes I see people around me that have so much, so much stuff, but their life is a mess. Their life is in ruins. Their kids don't like them. Their, their former spouse doesn't like them. They paid a great price to get the things this world has to offer. And you and I, because of godly contentment, we say, eh, I don't pay that price. That price is too steep for me. I, ha I march to a different drummer. I have different values. I place the priority on godliness. And if I have godliness, I'm content with what I have. I don't need it. If I got food and clothing and godliness, that's enough. Okay? Now, I stress again, in the Christian world today, here in our country, there, there are people who are very content, and they have very little, but they've got God. But I've also found, I, you know, there was a time when I was judgmental of Christians who had, had finances and had nice things, and I used to think, well, they probably aren't very godly. I've found differently or through the years, particularly as I've raised financial support, and I've found that some of my most faithful supporters who just love what I do and love me and are godly people, that they've also been blessed with great means, with a lot of, they've become very successful. And so I say again, what I say today is not that you judge others because you don't know other situation, but rather in your own life. You're, you, don't, you don't have to keep up with others. You be who God gave you, made you to be. You be content with godliness content with the love of God, content that you're loved with Him. And beyond that, whatever God gives you financially and materially, you're content with it. Not judging others, but, but making sure in your own life you have your priorities straight. Father in heaven, we thank you today for the godliness that you have given us in Jesus Christ. And we pursue that. I think Jesus, how you said, do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Father, we, we want our treasure to be with you. We want our treasures to be with our, our Lord, our Savior, our King Jesus. We want our treasures to be the godly character you're developing within our lives. And that's where it is. We do thank you for all that you've given us materially. We thank you for our shelter. We thank you for our food. We thank you for our provision. Everything we have, every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Lord, you have blessed us more than we could ever imagine. Some have more things than others, Lord, but all of us have Jesus. All of us have that godly contentment, and we bless you. Help us, Father, to have the security in your love that is so strong and so real that we're not compelled to spend money we don't have, to buy things we think can make us, can impress other people and make others think highly of us. Help us, Lord. We pray that we, the, the way we'd impress other people is because we live our lives to impress God. We live our lives to honor you. And that's what people would see in us. And that would be impressive enough. We bless you. We give you this day to follow you, to walk with you, to live for you, to be filled with your spirit. And with the joy of the Lord, 
Help us today to live this life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, so glad to have you along with me today. Again, my name is Tom Short, and I hope you join me every day here as we are in our daily word and prayer. We're live here at 8.30 a.m., and then we you can watch the video anytime. As a matter of fact, the whole last couple of years are all online. You can go back and watch any of them if you like, or you can listen to the Spotify, the uh, uh, podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But we're not once a day, once a week, or once a year Christians. We're everyday Christians, excuse me. We're not one just when we feel like it. we're everyday Christians. That's why we get in the Word of God. We need the Word of God. It builds us, strengthens us, it makes us mighty. Don't neglect it. And if you're having trouble getting the Word of God, something meaningful out of the Word of God each day, come here, join me, make a commitment. You need to be here most when you feel least like being here. You need to hear the word most when you feel like you don't want to hear it that day. And it'll make you strong, mighty. That's what we hope to be. So God bless you. And until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, fill you with his joy, his love, his courage, his wisdom. And might you live a victorious life. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.